Hey guys, it's Simi and this is Brussling Unlimited as it's Wednesday and we are here to talk about AEW Dynamite. As far as tonight's AEW Dynamite does go, I thought it was a pretty good show. I did enjoy it myself. There was a lot of good matches and a lot of good wrestling on the show. We do have Luke. Again, his camera's not working properly. Let me fix my camera really fast. His camera's not working properly. So he is joining us just via audio right now. But Luke, what do you think of tonight's AEW Dynamite? Honestly, the the beginning was very like slow. Like I got really bored during the box and hangman match. Ooh. But towards the end, I thought it was I thought it was good. I, I liked the no holds bar match. Yeah. And in the Thatcher versus Danielson match, I thought that was good. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the um, No Holds Barred match. I thought that was really fun. Other than Darby over there cutting all the strings off the uh, apron and stuff and the canvas, I thought that was a little long in the tooth, but hey, you can only go as fast as you can doing that kind of stuff. But other than that, I thought that main event was really, really good. And then the Wardlow thing at the end was kind of weird when it looked like he was going to powerbomb the security guy out of the ring, and then it just cut. And we're on Power Slap. So I guess they ran out of time there. But with that, I do want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited or YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or if you're watching or listening later, whether that is on YouTube or podcast services all around the globe, like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that a donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either be like Killjoy Army and subscribe with the tiered subscription, whether that's tier one, two, or three, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, a free sub of four games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel on YouTube to become a channel member to get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite. I, I don't want to say it all. Rocket League, Rocket League, Fortnite. My mind just went blank. <coughs> Excuse me. Rocket League, Fortnite. Not Rumbleverse, because that game's actually going away. And what's the fourth one? Why can I not think right now? Rocket League, Fortnite, and and Fall Guys. Rocket League, Fortnite, and Fall Guys. You can use our code PWUnlimited at checkout. You'll be supporting us at no extra cost. But I do have to say, Rumbleverse is going away. Rumbleverse servers will be shutting down. I want to say it's uh, February 28th. And I think as of right now... The latest update or the final big update went out and everything is free to play for everybody. So Battle Pass is free right now. Everything is free. So that is unfortunate that Rumbleverse that launched back in August is already dying and dead. It's got a month to go and then they're shutting the game off. Like off off. Which really, really sucks. Rumbleverse is fun. I enjoyed it. 
But I guess I'm like a lot of people that enjoyed it, but just didn't play it enough to keep it going. But that was one of Macho T's favorite games. Mm-hmm. He streamed a lot of that game. I hadn't seen him stream it recently in the last like month or two, but I know when it first came he out. Streamed it. Pardon? He streamed it today with John. Okay, cool. Yeah, I hadn't. I haven't been on Twitch at all today till right now, but. Maybe he got into it because everything went free today. All the Battle Pass stuff and the big update and everything went out today. But I know we streamed a lot of it when it first came out for the first couple of months. But it's unfortunate when you see a game die like that. And then the studio, there's a lot of stuff going on with the studio as well and what they're going to be doing, if anything, if not the studio shutting down. So it sucks to see people losing their jobs. But we got wrestling to talk about. AEW Dynamite was on tonight, and I thought, pretty good show. Kind of predictable, but good. Excalibur comes on the air, welcoming us alongside Taz and Tony Schiavone as Ohio's own John Moxley, with his father, comes down to the ring, Wheeler Yuta following as well. So... The match starts off with Moxley attacking Paige prior to the bell even ringing, and they brawl into the crowd. Paige did a running boot, but Moxley quickly applied a figure four, which Paige escaped by throwing a beer in the face of Moxley. Both men spilled back to ringside, where Moxley tried to pilmanize Paige's ankle, but the referee was admonishing him instead. Paige chucked the chair at Moxley's face, which busted him open above, I want to say it was the right eye. I could, get that. I could have that wrong. I just put the eye, but I think it was the right eye. Excuse me. There was a snap suplex on the chair that followed as both rolled into the ring and the referee officially started the match kicking the chair out of the ring. Because Paige threw the chair in the ring and the ref's like, no, 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 you can't use that. And then he kicked the chair away. So they go and they start throwing forearms where Paige won the forearm battle early until Moxley hit a low drop kick and again went back for the figure four. Paige fought back with Moxley being hampered by the blood in his eyes, and he can't really see really good. And so Paige zoomed in on the face, basically. Moxley tried fighting back, but Paige did a fallaway slam. But Moxley leveled Paige while trying a springboard lariat. Moxley locked on a rear naked choke on the apron, but but Paige avoided a pile driver, while Moxley avoided an, a dead eye. Paige got a fireman's carry and was tossed face first into the buckle. Moxley fought off the onslaught back in the ring, raking and biting the back into the corner. Paige uh, bit free and answered an avalanche Death Valley driver for a two. Paige then screamed at Moxley to stay down, and that wasn't happening, though, as he hit a desperation cutter, and there was a double-down spot here. We got a striking exchange with forearms, chops, kicks, and all kinds of different things. Both men hitting a bunch of different moves <clears throat> with the other hitting each other with a backdrop driver. Moxley at one point connected with a front chancery, super, uh, front chancery superplex into a bulldog choke and poured down some stomps. Page avoided a death rider and got the rope break to escape across arm breaker. Moxley was backdropped to the floor as Page missed his moonsault and Moxley turned him inside out with a lariat. Moxley cleaned off a table but was immediately put through it by Page with a pop-up powerbomb. Moxley beat the count at nine to barely get back into the ring, but then ran right into a lariat and a dead eye for a close two. Page missed a curb stop attempt as Moxley hit a home run King Kong lariat. 
There's another forearm exchange that led to a gnarly small package driver by Page for a two. Both men traded counters to their finishes as Page hit a tombstone pile driver, then a buckshot lariat, but then Moxley would kick out as the crowd exploded enjoyment. Page applied his own bulldog choke at one point, but Moxley was able to hook the leg and trap Page for a flash finish. So basically, Mox is, or no, Hangman's got him in the bulldog choke. Moxley wraps his leg basically around the head of Hangman, pulls him back, one, two, three, pins him. After the match, Page jumps to his feet. Moxley kind of crawling around, can't really get his bearings about him, and he looks like he still wants to fight. Claudio and Wheeler come out. <clears throat> They try to help Moxley to his feet. They get in between Moxley and Hangman. And Page wants to keep going. Moxley wants to keep going. And commentary leads us to believe, well, this isn't it. That these two might fight again because that wasn't a, quote, definitive win by Moxley. So, I mean, we've already seen three of these matches. I don't know if we're going to get another one, like maybe at the pay-per-view or something. I don't think we need it at this point. Maybe down the line. They can do it again, but we already had three. We don't need another John Moxley hangman match. But Luke, what'd you think? I thought the ending was kind of weird when like Moxley just randomly just fell down and hangman was like, Do you notice when like hangman just like did that random like one push up? I thought that was a little weird. Yeah. It was a little bit. <laughs> and like the reason why I was kind of getting bored through this match, because like they were trying to play off like, like Moxley getting a concussion, and then he came back like really quick. Mm -hmm. Like when when Hangman got that concussion, like he didn't come back like a month or two later. I believe. Well, that's because Hangman's was real, Moxley's was not. Yeah, so like they kind of did a bad job of like playing Agreed. this out though when they're trying yeah. to make this real. Agree. Bad Bunny and Renee Paquette, <clears throat> or Bad Bunny. Not Bad Bunny. What did I... The Bunny. Wow. Sorry. Been watching a bunch of uh, 2K23 stuff today and seen a bunch of Bad Bunny. Anyways, The Bunny was with Renee Paquette. The Butcher and the Blade were there as well. Bunny congratulated Jamie Hayter on beating Emi Sakura last week and challenged her to a title eliminator match next week. Why not just challenge her to a regular title match? I don't know. Renee quickly threw... Yeah, I don't really like... <clears throat> Go for it. I don't really like these eliminators because, like... For one, they make zero sense. And two, like the challenger never wins them. So why do them? Right. No, I get doing it as an eliminator if, quote unquote, Tony Khan sets up the match. Because then you can be like, oh, Tony Khan set it up thinking that the bunny may be good enough, but wants to see her against the champion before giving her a title shot. But why is the, why is the bunny not saying, I want a shot at the belt? Instead of, I want an eliminator match. No, just say I want a shot at the belt. She's probably not going to win anyways. So, I don't think it matters if it's a title shot or not. I think Jamie Hayter is going to walk out with the win. So, what does it even matter if it's for the title or not? At least it makes the match seem more important if you put the title on the line. Anyways, Renee quickly threw it to us. Oh, go for it. Go for it before we get to the second part of this. Well, even if you, like, beat the champion and, like, a regular match, you would still get a title shot because you beat him. Am I wrong? Per se, yeah. But this just makes it seem like it's important when it really isn't. Anyways, uh, Renee quickly threw it to the screen above 
where Soraya and Tony Storm were beating down Britt Baker as Jamie Hayter ran to try and make the save. So, Soraya and Tony Storm, full-ass heels now. They're just full-on heels. Makes zero sense whatsoever to make them heels. It really doesn't because... um, What's the word I'm looking for? It really doesn't make any sense because of the way they brought Soraya in with all the fanfare and crowds loving her and everything and then just boom, heal. I, I don't get it at all. I don't like it, but hey, maybe it was her idea to be heel. I don't know. So then we go on. We have the AEW World Tag Team Champions in action. The Acclaimed taking out the Outrunners, Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. The Outrunners actually... They're supposed to be like bootleg Beverly Brothers, and they did the, the scissors before the match started, and then they got attacked. This match literally went nowhere. Did nothing for me. Did nothing for nobody. And it was just a way to get the Acclaimed in a match to set up the tag title match next week. So the Acclaimed win very easily. And then the Acclaimed and Billy do the triple scissors, and out would come the guns. The guns would come down to the ring and challenge for the tag titles, but Bowens would call them Rod and Todd lookalikes. That fucking made me laugh hard. When the Simpsons reference there. As the crowd was chanting, Ass Boys. He then asked if the Ass Boys deserved a shot, and the crowd booed. Uh, thank you to Killjoy Army for the Twitch bit donation. Really do appreciate that. Uh, they all kind of started to get into a little scuffle until Billy Gunn and Daddy Ass... Kind of broke it up and was like, I'm tired of this. You guys are way too old to be acting like this. I'm done. He looks over at the acclaimed and goes, you can beat their asses now. So Billy goes to walk off. Austin goes, yeah, that's right. Do what you did to us when we were kids. Always turn your back on us. Billy kind of stops in the middle of the ramp and he continues to walk. Austin then again yells at Billy and says, hey, you just going to go do what you did before? Drown your sorrows in a pill bottle? And this pisses off Billy. Well, Billy gets pissed off for other reasons too here in a moment. But Billy gets into the ring and goes face to face with his son Austin Gunn. He starts to say something and the mic cuts out. So Billy, pissed as fuck, throws the mic down like hard. And I think it was Caster gives him another mic. Maybe it was Bowens. One of them hands him another mic. And was like, hey, look at me when I'm talking to you. You think you can man up and take them on? You think you guys deserve this? I'm, I'm This ends next week. You guys are getting a tag title shot. It's going to be over once that's over. And the acclaimed are like, wait, what? Huh? We have to what? And the match was officially made later. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty awesome the way like Billy Gunn got pissed off at, at his son's. Yeah, I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty creative, and I, I think this match could be really fun. And uh, Cold Money in the chat says, "Do you think there's a good chance the Guns beat the Acclaim for the titles?" Probably not. I would give them a twenty percent, twenty five percent chance, but probably not. No. I mean, there's that possibility that Billy could screw over the Acclaim. <clears throat> That's what. To let his sons win. That would be the reason I would give it a 25% chance because I think there's a 25% chance that this is all a, a ruse by Billy. He doesn't really like the acclaimed and he's going to help his kids win the belts. If you think about it, the acclaimed already said no 
and then somehow Billy just made the match. I didn't know Billy had booking power. I mean, unless the acclaimed turn their backs on Billy, say like, you don't make our matches, we make our matches. Yeah, maybe. I could see Billy turning on them more than them turning on Billy, but it'll all go down next week. So finally this gun club, gun boys, whatever you want to call them, ass boys, acclaimed stuff will be over. Hopefully. Probably so not. Basically, but, yeah. this kind of confirms that the guns are like no longer part of the firm because they're they haven't done anything with the firm in like months. True, but they don't even call themselves the well, no, they do on graphics. On like Dynamite and Rampage graphics, it'll say the firm's Ethan Page or whatever. But like they don't kind of like Stokely doesn't really call them the firm anymore. That I've noticed, so I don't know. But I don't think they're they haven't been with them forever, anyways. Yeah, no. Alex Marvev is, is in the back with Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and asks, what's next for Jungle Hook? As Perry said, he's done the tag team thing before, and it didn't work out. This year, he's going to be a champion again, but a singles champion. That's cool. It was whatever. Then we move on to Takeshita versus a Brian Cage action-packed match. I thought this match was fun. I liked this. So Takeshita got a hot start with some forearms. Uh, to catch the line and a slingshot crossbody to the floor. Takeshita tried to keep it up, but Cage caught him with a powerbomb on the ramp. <clears throat> Back inside the ring, both men traded strikes until Takeshita hit a beautiful-looking blue thunderbomb for a two. Takeshita missed a charging corner knee that uh, took him to the floor as Cage brought him back in with a suplex from the apron back into the ring. Cage then controlled the action during the commercial break with the... 818 and a nasty overhead release German suplex. Takeshita rolled through a buckle bomb attempt and hit a drop kick off the second rope for a double down spot. Takeshita then hit a lariat and a stalling German suplex, but missed the jumping knee. <clears throat> Cage tried a Death Valley driver, but Takeshita countered into a Liger bomb for a two. Takeshita was planted with a backdrop driver and a lariat to put Cage back in control. But Cage did miss a drill claw, and Takeshita hit two brain busters in a row. Cage again avoided the jumping knee and hit an F5 as they went to the ropes, and Takeshita hit an avalanche brain buster, followed by a running knee to get the victory. So there we go. Konosuke Takeshita does actually defeat Brian Cage. I think this is the right move here mm -hmm. to have Takeshita win. Yeah. Because for one, Brian Cage's contract is coming up soon, and if he signed an extension, then I would maybe have Brian win. But since he's not, it'd probably have Takesha win just to play it safe over like someone who could possibly leave AEW in the coming weeks. So, yeah, for all we know, Cage's contract is up in like the end of the month, I believe. I'm trying to double check on that, but I don't know what his plan would be. I don't know if he would want to stay or leave, but like I said, I believe, and I could be wrong, I believe I heard that his contract was up in February, which would be this month. Because I remember last year in February is when um the extension, like the option was picked up. He thought his contract was going to be done, and then they picked him up for, yeah, February 2023. So his contract is up any time now. We go backstage, Renee Paquette's with the Jericho Appreciation Society. And 
before I even get into this, where is this Jericho Appreciation Society, Ricky Stark stuff even going? We already saw Ricky versus Jericho, so like we got the big payoff at the beginning. What's the end game here? Do you, what, what do you see? Uh, I, I I honestly couldn't tell you. Your guess is good as mine. Yeah, I see no end game here, really. Like, wh what? They blew off the whole thing Unless with they, <clears throat> what? Before? Unless they like try to like this is like their way to try to like end it off at Revolution would be my guess. But how? With who? Him and Jericho again? Yeah, maybe they had a stipulation to it. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. It's like, we already saw it a month ago. Like, do we need to really see it again? We saw it on the uh, January 4th episode where Ricky beat Jericho. So, unless Jericho's like, I want revenge because you beat me, then maybe. But it's like, Ricky, all he has to say is, no, nah, I already beat you. I'm done with you. Like, I don't know. I but know I pitched this idea in the past. So I pitched this idea in the past. Huh. Maybe we do every member in the Jericho Appreciation Society against Ricky Starks and Action Andretti in like a handicap match. I think that would be fun. Maybe. Do that revolution. It could. Because you already got Action Andretti involved in this. Yeah. So as far as what they announced tonight, Jericho said if Starks wants another match with him, which again, I don't know why he would. He already beat him. He'll need to win the Garcia Guevara gauntlet. What this is, is Starks will have to go through first Angela Parker. If he wins that match, then Matt Menard. If he wins that match, then either Garcia or Guevara, they'll let him know next week who it's going to be. Jericho said that they called the shots, and he's ready to whoop his ass. But it's like, when has Starks said he wants another match with Jericho? Unless I've missed something. He already beat Jericho, so why would he, in his mind, need to face Jericho again? It just it none of this makes any sense. Yeah, it makes zero sense. I mean, if Jericho wanted to face Ricky Starks again, he could have just said, "Hey, Ricky, I want to face you again." Ricky yeah. would have said, "Okay, I'll face you again." But why does like Ricky like need to face Jericho again? He already beat him. Because Jericho said. Starks, if you want to face me again, like, really? He what? No. When did, when did he say this? Jericho? Or Starks? No, like, when did Ricky say he wanted to face Jericho again? That's what I'm asking. I never heard him say he wanted another match with Jericho. Yeah, I never heard it. So, we go to a high school gym, I guess. Or some sort of a gym. And the elite are there playing basketball. Good to see Kenny Omega back on TV. After having some visa issues. But they're there. It's the elite. It's Don Callis. It's Michael Nakazawa. And of course Brandon Culler. Kenny Omega accepts the challenge from Top Flight and AR Fox. Next week the trios titles will be on the line. Yet. They said that. But. And I'm going to go back and double check. There was no graphic for it. As far as when they announced the matches for next week's show. Yeah, no. Kenny said next week we will take on Top Flight and AR Fox with the tag titles on the line. They then set up a non-title match for... No, the match on Friday is for the... Okay, this is weird. So, this promo went two different ways that they're not even, even following up with. So, 
and I'm going to check their Twitter really fast because maybe they just they announced it on Twitter and not on on the show. So first, Kenny says we'll take on AR Fox and Top Flight in a title match next week. Then Ethan Page comes up and challenges them three to face him, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy in just a trios match. Doesn't mention the titles at all. But yet, the graphic that I'm going to pull up here on the screen says it's a trios championship match. And they didn't show a graphic when they said next week on Dynamite for the trios title match with Top Flight and Air Fox. But if we look at this right here for... Rampage on Friday. And let me pull this up on the screen. This one here does say AEW World Championship. World Trios Championship. Which means the titles are on the line Friday. Yet, and this is all that was announced for Dynamite. We can go back and look. Eliminator match, the Bunny Jamie Hayter. The Garcia Guevara Gauntlet, Eliminator match, MJF Takeshita, and then the tag title match. Nothing for the trios tag match, which is very weird. Yeah, that was a little weird. So, we already said it all, but Matt uh, Ethan Page comes up, says, oh, you guys don't have to work. We always have to work, and we'll face you on Friday. So, Brian Danielson had another match he had to win to get the match against MJF. And this week, it was Timothy Thatcher making his AEW debut. So Thatcher had a smirk on his face from the jump as he was just wailing down on Daniel or Brian Danielson early on, trying to injure the arm. There was some joint manipulation early by Thatcher as Danielson responded with some strikes and a bow and arrow. Thatcher escaped the bow and arrow and Wyeth Danielson hitting some corner drop kicks, but Thatcher uh, absorbed the shots and drove Danielson's shoulder first into the mat, applying a key lock. Thatcher controlled most of the break, with Danielson nearly getting the label lock on, only for Thatcher to go right back after the shoulder. Thatcher trapped the bad arm and hit an overhead throw as they went to the ro top rope where Thatcher wanted a butterfly suplex, but Danielson fought free from the top rope and hit a drop kick. There's an uppercut exchange that occurred with Danielson switching to kicks and an anvil elbow. Danielson applied a rear naked choke, which Thatcher wrenched at the, at the wrist of Danielson to escape. As they charged into the corner, there was a ref bump. Right on cue of the ref bump would come MJF. As MJF was walking down to the ring, he did get taken out, though, by Takeshita, who brawled with MJF to the back as the match continued. The referee would recover as Thatcher applied the Fujiwara armbar, but Danielson got to the ropes to break the hold. There was a belly-to-belly -belly throw that connected as Danielson avoided a second attempt with a released German suplex and a Busaku knee to pick up the victory. So there we go. Brian Danielson does defeat Timothy Thatcher in a great technical match. I did see people on social media say they didn't like it. I can understand why maybe some wouldn't like this match, but I thought it was really good, and I have always been a fan of of technical style wrestling like this. Basically, the ROH pure style. What'd you think? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely liked this match. I always liked Timothy Thatcher, even <laughs> back in NXT. Like, I always liked the guy. And someone in the chat says, do you think AEW would be interested in signing Thatcher? I mean, 
there could probably be some interest, I believe, but all I'll say is Tony Khan will sign anybody. Also remember guys. I don't think Thatcher really needs I don't before, think Thatcher really needs to sign with AEW, honestly. Probably not. But also remember guys, if you want to doing all right in Noah. True. Also remember guys, if you want to be part of the discussion and help out the channel, you can donate a super chat on YouTube. Make sure your question, comment, and concern does get read live on the air. So we go to the back, and MJF and Takeshita are brawling until finally security does break them up. We see BJ Whitmer and Pat Buck and so forth, and all of a sudden Renee Paquette jumps in between the two little skirmishes or whatever, and she goes, hold on, hold on, I'm, uh, uh, I'm getting word from Tony Khan. Next week, we got an Eliminator match. It's MJF against Kanoshke Takeshita. And Taz loses his freaking mind going, what? No, MJF didn't agree to that. The world champ didn't agree. You can't just make a match like that. I get it if Tony Khan, he's the booker, but you can't just make a match like that without the world champion agreeing. And Excalibur's like, well, if Tony Khan says it's happening, it must be happening. So let me get a vignette from Swerve Strickland and Mogul Affiliates. They're shown talking about Dustin Rhodes. As their uh, and their last run-in from Rampage last week, they've decided to target Brian Pillman Jr. on Rampage this week, and Swerve referred the referred the previous unnamed member of the crew as Trench. So we've got Swerve Strickland, Parker Bordeaux, and Trench. At least that's what it sounded like to me. I still don't get what this group's going to be or what they are. They're just a heel trio, I guess. To me, it's just basically just there's pairing two random people with Swerve just yeah. to make it seem like he's got backup. Exactly. So honestly, go for it. In my opinion, if this, I, this is eventually going to lead to Swerve versus Keith Lee. Hopefully, I mean, this, this it will, in my opinion. But I would say if like if Keith had to like find someone to like help back him up against like Swerve's guys, I would say. Bring in Shane Taylor promotions. Oh, yeah. I think that would be perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, so as we move forward, Lexi Nair was backstage with Roosh, Jose, and Preston Vance. They're about to ask uh, Roosh about his match next week with Brian Danielson. When MJF walks in with the briefcase, MJF being a little racist here, um, just starts kind of like, Kind of speaking Spanish, kind of not going, ah, I don't know what he's saying, or I don't know what that means. Translating this and that. And he's like, I got this briefcase with mucho dinero. This one's free. If you can beat Brian Danielson next week, there's five more, five more briefcases full of cash just like that waiting for you. So there we go. Roosh said some things, but it really wasn't nothing. It's kind of, I, I think this whole, I'll, I'll pay you now. And then you can, I don't know. Why would he pay him first? The match has already been made. It's not like he's going to Roosh saying, hey, I'll give you this money to face Danielson, and then you'll get a bonus if you win. Fucking Tony Khan already made the match, so why do you got to pay him? In I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense. A lot of this shit doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, unless it's just him saying, like, I'll give you the extra money if you, like, break his arm, because that's basically what MJF is, like, trying to do he's trying to like bring in people like break his arm that's what he said 
But why is he paying him before the match if Tony Khan already made the match? You know what I mean? Maybe it's just maybe it's just like MJF's way to like I'll and, pay you if you can take and, on Brian Danielson next week. Yeah, incentive. Yeah. So then we have the TBS title on the line. It was Jade Cargill against Red Velvet. If Jade wins, she goes 50 and 1. Commentary kept pushing hard. Is Red Velvet going to be the one in 49 and 1? It could happen. It could happen. And no one thought it was going to happen. So Red Velvet tries to attack during the intros, but Cargill motored down with a back elbow. Velvet used her quickness to send Cargill to the floor with Layla Gray there to check on her. Velvet hit a drop kick through the ropes. Back inside the ring, Velvet rolled her up for a two, but as she tried to go for a Cazadora, Cargill hit her with a slam. Cargill then caught Velvet leaping off the apron with a crossbody and drove her into the post. In a spot that shouldn't have happened during a picture-in-picture, picture, but instead of during the full screen, Cargill pressed Velvet over her head onto the floor and then walked up the steps to throw Velvet back in the ring. Like, this was a very impressive power spot that should have been seen on the regular broadcast part. Like, not during a damn commercial. Velvet fought back with a lung blower at one point, though, and Jade responded with a pump kick for a two. Like, she kicked her right out of it midair. <coughs> then all of a sudden, Kira Hogan shows up at the ringside area and threw Layla Gray into the steps. Velvet then hit a spin kick on Cargill, but referee Aubrey Edwards is too busy messing with Kira Hogan and missed the visible pin. I think they got to like a five. Velvet then applied an arm submission that made Jade almost tap, but Jade did power out. She swung uh, Red Velvet into the Jaded and pinned her to pick up the victory. There we go. Jade then celebrated in the ring. She then went over and grabbed her daughter and celebrated on her way to the back. Cool. It was whatever. Is this another Jade match? Now, the question here is Jade to get a win. Go for it. Now the question here is, who's actually going to take the belt off Jade? Because I think originally we kind of felt like maybe it would be Red Velvet because we did say it needs to be someone who benefits from it. And I thought we thought like Red Velvet would be a perfect one. Well, but I, I thought I, don't the, know. I thought Red Velvet beating her would come full circle because if you remember. Jade's first match was that tag match against Red Velvet and Cody, where she teamed with Shaq. So I thought if anybody was going to beat her, it would make sense for Red Velvet because it would just tie the whole story together. But yeah, as soon as this match ended, I go, well, they got nobody to beat Jade. Unless somehow, like, Britt Baker ends up doing it or something, and I don't even know if they would do that. I don't, I have, I have absolutely no idea who beats Jade at all. And what's the end game? 100 no? They wanted to go 100, maybe? I, who knows? That would be a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Chris Statlander was healthy, I would say her, but True. she won't be back for a long time. Oh, she's probably got at least five, six more months. Uh, Renee Paquette is backstage with Britt Baker. She was following up on her after being attacked earlier. She tried to say, I'm okay, when Ruby Soho would interrupt. Baker would go, yeah, those are your friends. She goes, no, they're not. Well, you've known them longer than me, so you're probably closer to them. You need to get out of here. And Ruby just kind of walked off. So is that now going to be the turn of Ruby? Britt was rude to Ruby, so now Ruby's going to join Soraya and Tony against them? I don't know. Somehow got to get Ruby on well, the other side. Well, Ruby would make a better fit on 
on like Soraya's team because she's not yeah. a homegrown talent. Exactly, and that's why I'm saying, is this the way they now switch Ruby to the other side by having Britt be quote unquote rude to her? So are they gonna do like three on three, or are they gonna do like four on four? Like I don't, like. I'm trying to think who else is non-homegrown that they can use. I mean Athena to make it four. I'm trying to think, maybe they use Athena, but then they what need two more people on the homegrown or side. Or Mercedes Martinez. She's out with an injury right now, I believe. But. I mean, who who else teams up with um, Britt and Jamie? Willow? Yeah, Willow. And then you need one other person. Let's look at the AW Women's roster really fast. Um, AW Active Roster. Um, I, I mean, I would have said Chris Statlander if she wasn't hurt, but she's out hurt. So if you're looking at the women that are homegrown, I guess you could, this is what they're calling them. Anna J, but she's tied up with the JAS. The bunny. I don't think they would add the bunny to this. Sheeta. Well, Sheeta would be the other one. Yeah. So you got Brit. Well, Go for it. I mean, would you really say the bunny is homegrown? No, kind of. Well, no. She did come from Impact, I guess. But you've got Britt, Jamie, Sheeta, and then Willow or Nyla Rose. Those would be the other two. I would probably do Willow. Yeah. And then as far Willow, as... Willow, she's already tied into this. So. Yeah. And as far as the other side, you got Soraya, you got Tony Storm, you've got Ruby Soho. But then who's the fourth there? I've seen some say Thunder Rosa. Because she made a name for herself. When Thunder Rosa's coming back. Well, that's what I was going to get at. She did, you know, Thunder Rosa kind of made, made a name for herself outside of AEW before, but she's long gone. Like, she, I don't know when she's coming back, but I don't, I guess Athena would be that fourth. She's the only one that makes sense. She's already a heel. Right. So I mean, she she also had if they're doing like blood and guts. I mean, she has war games experience, so you can put her in blood and guts. It wouldn't true. really make much of a difference. That's very true as well. Same with Tony. Yeah. So we'll see when that happens. Probably. I mean, they usually do blood and guts after double or nothing. So it's interesting that they're setting these teams up so early. Unless they do it after, like, Revolution or at Revolution. Well, that's what I'm thinking. They're, they either do it at the pay-per-view or they push it up between Revolution and Double or Nothing. So then we have the main event for the ROH. No, no it's for the ring. Nope. I'm reading this wrong. I wrote ROH TV champion Samoa Joe. But it's for the TNT title, the no-holds-barred match. And Joe comes out. Darby then comes out, takes off his coat, and reveals that he's wearing a hood slam hoodie covered in thumbtacks. And I'm like, oh boy. So Darby Allen, again, like I said, showed up wearing the hoodie and he charges to the ring immediately. Joe wisely wraps the, wraps the towel around his hands and punches at Allen, ripping the hoodie right off of him. Joe pulled out a table from under the ring, but didn't see a 
charging Darby and wiped himself out. He then got busted open here. Joe did. Allen then set up the steps to whip Joe into them, who in return whipped Allen clear over the steps into the crowd where the action spilled. Up the steps they went as Joe hit a hip toss over the railing. Joe then chucked Allen back over the ringside railing, and I believe Allen smacked his head on the steps in the process. Joe kept up the beating during the commercial break before Allen had a hope spot that was thwarted by an STO in the corner. Allen was then booted to the floor where Joe set up another table against the railing. In a desperation jawbreaker, we saw Darby hit that and some chops. Joe then responded just by launching Darby over the top rope to the floor like you would just throw your shirt. I think that's what Taz even described it as. He threw Darby like if you're throwing your shirt off into the crowd. <clears throat> there was a brain buster. Joe then tossed chairs into the ring and hit a back suplex on the edge of them to Darby as Darby threw powder in the face of Joe to blind him. He then hit a code red going for the pin and got a two on it. There was an over-the-top stunner from Allen that allowed him to put back the... Uh, to kind of try to take the hoodie and put it back on, but he couldn't get his arms in, so he just did it halfway on. Thankfully for Joe, Allen was able to get the hoodie on most of the way, so yeah. Allen then hit a switchblade and started ripping away at the canvas, and this is when it started getting kind of weird. Like, he's got this little knife or this blade or whatever you want, a box cutter, and he's cutting it all the rope, and he's cutting it all the rope, and then all of a sudden there's freaking bungee cords, so he's sawing at the bungee cords, and he's sawing at the bungee cords, and he's like, okay, he got one side off. Then he's got to do another side, so he's over there cutting and cutting and cutting and sawing and cutting, finally he gets enough of it off, he pulls up the, the canvas, he then pulls the padding off from under the canvas to expose the, the wood planks below. So they're fighting. Darby, where was I? Um, Darby and Joe get back into the ring. Joel, Joe goes after Darby, but Darby kind of gets him. And Joe rolled to the floor and suckered Darby into diving through the ropes. Joe moved, and Darby went straight through a table. Back inside the ring, Joe powerbombed Darby on the thumbtack hoodie and wrapped it around Allen's face. Allen did fight back, but as he went for the coffin drop, Joe shoved the referee into the ropes, knocking Allen down. Joe then hit an avalanche muscle buster on the exposed wood and pinned Darby to pick up the victory. So there we go. Mojo, once again, TNT champion. What would you think of the match? With this flippy floppy a little bit, like you had the title on Darby for like a month and then you just put it back on Joe. What the heck? I think the plan may have been Wardlow, but then he got hurt. And I think the plan was supposed to be like a, a, like a trilogy thing with Wardlow. He got hurt. So then they went to Darby, put the title on Darby just to give it something different. And Wardlow's back as we saw after the match. After the match, Joe was celebrating when Wardlow's music would hit, and he would run down to the ring, Wardlow with his new short haircut. He tried to do a powerbomb on Joe, but Joe rolled away. Security then came back to try and hold back Wardlow. Wardlow fought them all off. It seemed as if he was going to powerbomb one of the security from the ring to the floor, and then the show just cut, and we're on power slap. 
So Wardlow and Joe again. As far as I mean, I, I think eventually, I think eventually it's going to lead to Wardlow getting the TNT title back. Probably. As far as what's taking place on Rampage this week, we do know that the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks will be defending the AEW Trios Championships against Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. Tony Storm and Soraya will be in tag team action. No opponents named. Swerve Strickland will be going one-on-one with Brian Pillman Jr. And finally, two former Ring of Honor champions will collide when Roosh takes on Christopher Daniels. As far as next week does go, we do know that MJF will be taking on Konechka Takeshita in an AEW World Title Eliminator match. Also, we do know that the AEW Women's World Champion will be in action when she takes on the Bunny in a Title Eliminator match. The uh, acclaimed will be defending the AEW World Tag Team Championships against the Guns. Brian Danielson will be taking on Rouge, and Ricky Starks will attempt to run the, Ar- the Garcia Guevara Gauntlet again. Kenny said next week they will defend the titles against AR Fox and Top Flight, but that match never officially got announced. So maybe they do it in a couple of weeks. Maybe it still gets announced for next week. But weird that it didn't get announced tonight. Maybe they did the segment for Kenny to announce it, but didn't have the graphic ready. I don't know. It probably, it looked like there was light coming from outside this gym, so it looked like they filmed it during the day, not at night. It would have given them plenty of time to make the graphic, so we'll see when that match does end up actually taking place. Uh, Kivish says, do you guys watch Power Slap? I've seen it. It's not a show I'm going to go out and make sure I watch. But if it's just like on, it comes on, I'll keep it on. Maybe. I don't know. It's whatever to me. Uh, Hot Rod Bubba says, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady retiring? Eh. I am not surprised at all, honestly. Right. It's honestly better for him to retire than for him to suck next year. Because you can tell last season, age has really caught up to him. Well, yeah, but the team itself wasn't all that great, so it could have been that, too. So, as, as far as the polls do go, before we wrap everything up here, um, I forgot to do a Twitch poll. Per- Sorry for that one. Uh, actually, we can throw a Twitch poll up really fast while I read the others really quick. Um, what? What did you think of Dynamite? I liked it. It was all right. I didn't didn't like it. All right. So vote in that really quick on Twitch, and we'll come back to it. Or as the YouTube live poll does go, 81% liked the show, 17% thought it was just all right, and 2% did not like it. As far as the Twitter poll does go. Sixty-six percent liked the show, sixteen percent thought it was just all right, and sixteen percent did not like it. And finally, the well not finally, but the YouTube community poll, sixty-five percent liked it, twenty percent thought it was just all right, and fifteen percent didn't like dynamite. Read some of the comments here. Uh, this person says, great night of professional wrestling, really great show. Another person says, it was great, and tonight had probably the only Jade match I've enjoyed during her reign. Another comment here says, too much blood for no reason. Well, I think the blood on this show was accidental blood. Not normal like normal when AEW 
has wrestlers bleed on purpose. Now, Moxley may have bled on purpose, but Joe's, I believe, was accidental blood. As they call fortuitous juice. And this person says it was mid-AF. Check the Twitch poll really fast. Poll numbers are still coming in. I'll give it another 30 seconds. So with that, guys, we'll hit that poll up here in a second. But I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, any closing thoughts on the show? And let them know where they can find you. Um, you can find me over on Twitter at Petke underscore 21. And you can find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. As far as this Twitch poll does go, 67% liked the show. 22%. No, well, got another vote in. Uh, we're going to end the poll there. 60% liked the show. 20% thought it was just all right. And 20% did not like it. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll be back live Friday morning for the wrestling wrap-up and then Friday evening for Friday Night SmackDown. And then if all plans go accordingly, I will be doing a review of NXT Vengeance Day on Saturday as well. With that, guys, have a great rest of your night. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.